told his disciples of things to come. He be be persecuted, being and mocked, the Son of Man would die on a cross, but he wouldn't stay dead. He It's like that light that comes on in your car. <laughs> Elizabeth said, what's that light on your dash? I said, it's at least $500 what it is. <laughs> we'll be in the gospel of John. <laughs> John chapter 6, at least. <laughs> John chapter 6. John chapter number 6, great passage in the Bible here. John chapter 6. We're glad you're here this morning. I know summer's coming and it seems like, um, I know we have several on vacation today, but we got still have a good crowd and the Lord's really been blessing us, especially these last few months has been unbelievable what God's been doing and exciting too. But anyway, we're glad you're here and uh, y'all pray about the message this morning. So we'll see what happens with it. It's not going to be... Um, Probably not very many people is going to preach this this morning in some church somewhere. And so just remember that. But anyway, John chapter number 6. 
And let's stand together if you're able. If you're not, that's fine. But in John chapter number 6, the Lord's dealing with his disciples. And it's really interesting. He gets in verse number 67. Then said Jesus unto the twelve, will you also go away? And what happens, these people he's, were leaving him and they weren't staying with him. How could, could you imagine anybody ever leaving the Lord? I mean, there's a lot of people to leave, but he ain't the right one. <laughs> that guy's, I mean, we need to follow him. And he said this, he said to the twelve, will you also go away? You too, would you leave? Are you not going to follow me either? I mean, other people aren't following me. How about you? And I like in verse 68, then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Now we could stop right there and dig in and preach about 30 or 40 minutes. Lord, to whom shall we go? And that's the truth. If we were to stop following him, where would we go? There is nowhere to go. He's the only answer. He's not an alternative. He's the answer. Lord, to whom shall we go? And he says, thou hast the words of eternal life. He spake the truth, didn't he? He does have the words of eternal life. And we believe and are sure that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. You say, why did he say that? Because Peter was a great disciple. And even though he had some hiccups in his time, and we read about Peter later where he denies the Lord three times, he ended well, and that's what matters. But here he is, and he's a great disciple. And he says, who should we go to if we were to leave? We've got to stay with you. You've got the words of eternal life. There's nobody else that has them. And he said, and we believe and are sure that thou art the Christ. Let me say this morning, I believe and I'm sure he's the Christ too. How about you? I'm not looking for another Christ. He is the one. Jesus is the Christ. And then he says, and the son of the living God. I believe that too. Sure he is. Then in verse 70, Jesus answered them, have not I chosen you twelve? And one of you is a devil. He spake of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. For he it was that should betray him, being one of the twelve. Let us pray. Father, we're glad to be here this morning. May you bless the preaching and the service today. And I just pray that you'd get in it. If you don't, nothing's going to happen. And Lord, I need your help and just pray for it. I pray you'd take the service and do as you wish, as you please today. Lord, I pray for those that might not be saved. I pray for conviction this morning from the Spirit of God. And I pray you'd rest upon them and convict them and that they might trust Christ today. And Lord, I pray for those that are saved. I pray we could be true disciples and we'd follow you no matter what and never leave. Bless us this morning. Help us, Father, especially in these trying times. Help us stay strong. And we love you and we thank you for all that you do for us. And we pray these things. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. I like when he says over here in verse number 70, Jesus answered them, have I not chosen you 12? And you read about those 12, that 12 would consist of Peter and Andrew. They were brothers. And James and John, that was two more brothers, two sets of brothers, commercial fishermen. The Lord called those four first and he got them and got them following him. Then he spoke of Philip and Bartholomew. Sometimes Bartholomew is called Nathaniel. Then you read about Thomas, the one that doubted, doubting Thomas, but he ended well too. And then we read about Matthew, who has the namesake of the first book of the Gospels. And then James, the son of Alphaeus. And Labius, who's also called Thaddeus, who's also called Jude, who wrote the book of Jude. 
And then you've got Simon Zelotes or Simon the Canaanite. That's 11 of them. But then you get to the 12th one and his name is Judas. And Judas is not like the other ones in case you've noticed. Judas is also known as Judas Iscariot. The name Judas is a, a Greek word and it means praise. And then you've got Iscariot which is a Hebrew word and it means a man of Kirioth. And so there you've got Judas. He's the greatest type of the Antichrist anywhere in scripture. And he's the most wicked man that you read about really. You, you'll be hard pressed to find somebody more wicked than Judas. That guy was a wicked man and did things wrong. And I found it interesting that he's mentioned by name 23 times in Scripture. And out of those 23 times, I read that 11 of them refers to Judas. And he's always remembered as this, the one that betrayed the Lord or the one that shall betray the Lord or whatever. Every time you read about that and you read the name Judas, it's almost like it's got that epitaph following behind him that describes him. Just in case you don't know which Judas they're talking about, he says it's the one that betrayed the Lord. Now, how would you like to be known and be remembered as that? That'd be terrible, wouldn't it? And he said this. Uh, when I think about Judas, though, I think about Judas. Judas was right there with the disciples. As a matter of fact, he was referred to as a disciple sometimes, even though he really wasn't one. Judas was never saved. He'd never been born again. But Judas dressed like a disciple. I mean, when he walked with those other disciples and you saw them and you saw Judas, you didn't know there was a difference in the way that he looked. He came to church every Sunday. He sang in the choir. He helped probably take up the offering. He might have worked security. He may have taught a Sunday school class. He did anything he could. He was involved just like the rest of them were. He looked like the rest of them. He talked like a disciple. I mean, he said the things that other disciples probably said. He talked like one. He didn't just look like one. He talked the talk. The old saying is you walk, you ought to walk the walk and talk the talk, but your walk talks louder than your talk talks. Amen. That's right. How you live makes a difference. And I read about Judas and there he was. He looked like a disciple. He dressed like a disciple. He talked like a disciple, but he wasn't a disciple. The Lord said, have I chosen you 12? He said, I've chosen you 12 and one of you is a devil. And this he spake, it says, it spells it out. He spake of Judas Iscariot, the one that was going to betray him. And I thought about that, and I've been thinking about it for some time. And my little sermon title is this, Are You a Disciple or a Devil? I mean, it's one of the, I told you it might go, this may not go over real good. But I mean, are you a disciple or a devil? I told him this morning, I said, I got a great title. I may not have a great message, but I got a great title. Have I not chosen you twelve and one of you is a devil? And the good question is, are you a disciple or are you a devil? I mean, there you've got a group of disciples. There's twelve of them, but one of them really wasn't a disciple. He's an imposter. He was a devil is what he was. I figured that up and I thought, one out of twelve is a devil. Is that right? That means if we had 300 people here, we usually have been having a lot more than that. But if you had 300 people here, that means that about 25 people would be devils. Is that not crazy? I mean, people look like disciples and they talk like disciples and they dress like disciples, but not everybody that says they're a disciple is a disciple. It's not always that way. And this morning I could ask that question. Are you a disciple? Or are you a devil? Look in verse 71. He spake of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. I mean, the Lord, and just in case you're wondering who he was talking about was the devil, he called his name right out. The Lord was a name caller. 
People don't know that about him, but nobody was censoring him, and they're still not going to censor him. By the way, you can try, but that ain't happening. I mean, he, he didn't always, he wasn't always, uh, uh, he wasn't one of these that had been on Facebook posting passive-aggressive stuff. What they do, and this is what people, some of you do in here, they post passive-aggressive stuff because they, they have this issue, and they want to get somebody, but they don't want to put their name in there. And let me just say, if, that, if you're dealing with me, I ain't paying any attention to you. Call the name is what you ought to do. Or you don't got any guts. That's the way I look at it. But we're living in a generation where even preachers are passive-aggressive. And preachers won't even say what they're saying. And man, they're just, I wonder if he's talking about me. Man, there shouldn't be any doubt about it. When the Lord got ready to talk, he wasn't one of them. He said, he's a devil. And in case you're wondering which one, it's that one. Judas is carrot, what he said. I bet they go, whoo, whoa. <laughs> wow, he just called you out, didn't he? <laughs> you say, what's that make him? Makes him a devil. It didn't say he was the devil. It said he was a devil. Big difference right there. So this morning for just a few minutes, while I still got you here, <laughs> I'm going to preach a little message on are you a disciple or are you a devil? What a great question that might be. Now there's several things I'm going to say. They're not, they don't have all the same letter. Most of my messages that don't have the same letter work out better anyway. But anyway, but they do work out that way. That's okay. But you, know, you don't got to be married to that stuff. But anyway, let me say this morning, he was a devil because he was indwelled by Satan. That's a good reason right there. The Bible says in Luke chapter 22 and verse number 3, Then entered Satan into Judas, surnamed Iscariot, being of the number of twelve. The Bible says that Satan entered into him, he indwelled him is what the scripture says. You say, what's that making? Sounds like it makes him a devil to me. I want to tell you this morning, you better be indwelled by the Spirit of God is what you better be indwelled by. Here a few weeks ago, uh, Jason Raper is running for lieutenant governor. It's been to our church. He invited Elizabeth and I to hear Ricky Skaggs in Conway. And I don't even listen to Ricky Skaggs. And I thought, I don't know if I want to do that or not. And I got listening and uh, his stuff was super clean and, and most in his bluegrass type music. And anyway, and he didn't look like a hoodlum. Hey, man, most of these Christian artists... Christian artists look like hoodlums. You can't tell the difference between them and Kid Rock. Amen. And anyway, that's right. And that's not in the Bible. But anyway, and man, and there he was. And I said, well, and I got reading a little bit. I said, I'll go listen to him, I guess. And it was at a function where they didn't sell alcohol. And they didn't, I mean, they sold all this stuff and everything, you know. And, and, he, and he sent me free tickets. To, it was 150 bucks a ticket. And I got four tickets. And I didn't have to pay for them. So, amen. <laughs> so that was, all, that was a good deal, too, you know. So that saved me a bunch. Because I, well, I wasn't paying $150 to meet Ricky Skaggs. Now, both safest. No, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> I would like his music more, but I ain't going to go listen to it. <laughs> but anyway, but uh, we went, and, man, we were standing there, and we got talking, and they introduced me to him, and told him, and they said, him we had a Bible college and all this stuff. And he goes, oh, you're a, pa- a preacher of preacher. You're a pastor to pastors. He said, man, that's good. And he got talking about the Lord. So I thought, well, that's pretty good. That's a good start right there. And we were talking and carrying on. And then a little bit later, we went, and, and they had this place rented, and they got up and played. Man, they played all these good gospel songs and stuff. And about halfway in it, Ricky Skaggs got up. You know what he said? He said, I'll tell you, he said, I've been going since I was a kid. He said, he's in the Country Music Hall of Fame. He's in the Bluegrass Hall of Fame. He's in the Fiddler Hall of Fame. All this different stuff. He said, I've been traveling with my parents since I was big enough to hold a mandolin and a fiddle and all that stuff. And he said, we'd go to churches and these little Baptist churches and country Baptist churches and sing. 
He said, when I was 13, I was in a country Baptist church and they had a revival meeting and they had us playing the music. And anyway, he said, the first night, he said, he said, I've always believed in God. He said, I've always believed in a believer. But he said, there's a difference in being a believer and being saved. He said, you can believe and not be saved. And he said, I was sitting there and he said, the Holy Spirit began to deal with my heart about being saved. And he said, I'll go, oh, I'm singing here. I can't do that. And so I just stayed there. That was Monday night. And then on Tuesday night, he said, it even got worse. And I just sat there. And he said, on Wednesday night, he said, I couldn't take it anymore. And he said, I stepped out to the nearest aisle. He said, I put one foot out and the other foot followed behind. And he said, I came forward and I trusted Christ as my Savior. He said, you know, you can't get saved just any time you want to. He said, you better get saved when the Spirit of God's dealing with you. I thought, preach. I mean, what, are we here for singing or preaching? I thought, man, that guy, he's telling it right is what he's doing. And I thought, that's exactly right. You know, that's the difference between a disciple and a devil. One difference is you've got the right spirit indwelling you. Man, when I got saved, I received the Spirit of God, and I'm thankful that I did. What a blessing that is. But some people aren't disciples. Some people are devils. <laughs> some people are just that way. And it's something else. I mean, no wonder we're in the mess we're in in this country right now. I mean, we're in a terrible mess. And I believe there's wicked people that are running this thing because they're not controlled by God. They're controlled by Satan. I talked about that in Sunday school a little while. I mean, how else could they be murdering babies and people wanting to have riots and everything over somebody wanting to save an innocent baby? They got a baby in the hospital in Memphis right now that's about 24, 5 weeks old, 25 weeks old, and that baby's fighting for its life, and we're praying for it. It's one pound, six ounces. You know what that is? It's a real person's what it is. You say, they could have just killed that thing for his born. We don't want to kill that thing for us. It's a baby. It's a real person. He has a name. It's Josiah, and we're praying for him. Because we want to see God raise him up. It's what we want to do. But we're living in a country they don't honor life. You better be careful. When people don't care about life, we're in trouble in this country. If they'd kill a baby, they'd sure kill you. If, I can imagine somebody hurting a baby. They say, well, if we even think that it's okay to let a baby be born and, and, and go ahead and kill it you know, up to 20 days after it's born. Are you out of your mind? Who could do something so wickedly? Who could do something like that? It wouldn't be me. You say, why? Because I ain't a devil. I'm a disciple. And I care about life. That's how come. Man, we're living in a crazy time. I mean, I know the difference between a man and a woman. You say, why? Because I ain't a devil. That's how come. <laughs> And if you don't know the difference, sir, you need to get your eyes checked. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Amen. I mean, I see a pretty girl right here in camouflage. Camouflage is my favorite color on a dress. You say, why do you say that? Because that's the color my wife's wearing today. Amen. If she wears a pink dress tonight, it'll be pink, Brother Thomas. Whatever it is, whatever she's wearing, that's what I like. You say, well, you shouldn't be saying stuff like that. I'm married to her. I can say that if I want to. Why, why wouldn't a husband be attracted to his wife? Thank God for, thank God the Bible says when God gave a man a wife, he gave him a good thing. Amen. I'm just thankful I found somebody that was blind enough to marry me. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord for that. That's right. Glory to God. I'll say this morning, one reason that I know that he was a devil is because he was indwelled by Satan. But I want you to know this morning, you need to be indwelled by the Spirit of God. And you receive the Holy Spirit the moment you trust Christ as your personal Savior. That's when you receive the Holy Spirit of God. Greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world, the Bible says. I'm thankful that I've been born again. I've been baptized with the Spirit and sealed unto the day of redemption. 
And I'm going to heaven someday. You say, why? Not because I'm anybody. It's because I'm a disciple. I'm a disciple. The Bible said over there in John 13 and 2, it said, And supper being ended, the devil, having now put in the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. When you don't have the right spirit, that other spirit will put things in your heart to do wrong. I'll say something else. I'd rather be a disciple than a devil. And are you a disciple or a devil? I'll say this. One reason we know he's a devil is because he pretended to be peaceful. He wasn't really peaceful. The Bible says when he got ready to betray the Lord, that he came up to him in Luke twenty-two forty-seven, and he gave him a kiss. And the Lord said, Judas, he said, are you going to betray the Son of Man with a kiss? He walked up and he pretended to be peaceful. And gave him a kiss. That's a, that's a Middle Eastern greeting, by the way. We don't do that over here. We do handshakes. And some people, we don't even want to handshake their hands. <laughs> that's right. But anyway, that was a Middle Eastern greeting. There was nothing inappropriate about that. But it was inappropriate because he came and pretended to be peaceful, is what he did. When he wasn't peaceful. There was nothing peaceful about what he did. Not at all. Nothing peaceful about him. You say, why? Because the devil's never peaceful. A devil is never peaceful. You ever watch these people that talk about unity all the time? We're going to unify the country. But you're the ones that's been promoting the riots. What are you talking about? The country ain't any more unified today than it was two years ago. Matter of fact, it's way worse off. You've been to the gas pump lately? Somebody's, I bought diesel and filled my truck up again. I filled it up twice in the last ten days. And I'm telling you, that's painful is what that is. We need some help is what we, you say, well, we, we need a change is what we need. I mean, crippling America is what they're doing. And God bless these truck drivers and farmers and anybody hauling whatever. God bless you, and we're praying for you. Because we're in anybody in business that's got equipment or anything like that. You say, what is that? That's somebody trying to bring America down to their knees is what it is. Somebody's trying to destroy. I've never understood that because I love my country. And I don't want my country to suffer. I want my country to prosper. I want it to do well. That's what I'm after. I want to see people do. I want a dollar something of gas and a mean tweet's what I want. I want anything to get some relief in this country. Man, we're in a mess is what we're in. What a terror. You say, why is that? Because people are devils is what they are. When people don't even love their own country, man, that's bad. But it's even more than that. Hey, I told you somebody ain't going to like this this morning. Just pray for me. Just pray, Lord. You go, pray like you pray at the dentist. Lord, let this hurry up and get over with. Amen. <laughs> that's what I do. He pretended to be peaceful. He wasn't peaceful. It's kind of like Tom Malone said. Tom Malone used to say, the old preacher, he's dead and gone in heaven. He said, be careful because when somebody's patting you on the back, he said, they're really just wiping off a place to stab. <laughs> that, that's about right. You better be careful of that kind of business. I remember, I remember um, years ago, I hadn't been here very long, and one Sunday uh, preached, and two grown men walked the aisle and got saved. And I thought, man, that's a big deal because we hadn't seen a lot of that. And that Sunday, I had a man call me up, and he said, uh, could I see you in the office this afternoon? I go, yeah. I thought, hope everything's okay. And I went to the office that afternoon, and there we was, and, and we got in the, in the office. He said, now about that sermon you preached this morning. I go, well, what about it? He said, well, you said this, and then he said, why didn't you say this, this, and this? I said, well, two people got saved this morning. Did you remember that? He goes, yeah, but I think you should have said this. I said, well, because God didn't lead me to say that. I prayed about it, and I got what God gave me. And anyway, and that, that was the end of that. The next Sunday, we're eating lunch, and I mean, good Sunday. Man, things are going good. Phone ring right during the middle of our lunch. Same guy, claimed to be a deacon. He said, 
I need to meet you in your office again this afternoon. And I met him in that office again. He said, now about that sermon, I said, let's just stop right there. I said, as long as I'm pastor, you need to know this because you're about to pastor. I said, as long as I'm a pastor, I'm going to preach what God tells me to preach, and I'm not preaching what a devil tells me to preach. Hey, a devil, a disciple wouldn't go call the pastor every Sunday when he's trying to eat lunch with his family and he's preaching something that's doctrinally sound. That's a devil's what it is. See, everybody's always trying to straighten out the preacher. We don't have that here, and thank God for it. We got a great church, but I'm telling you, there's churches, and he'll experience, but he's got good people over there. But there'll be somebody, they might not even go there right now. But there'll be somebody coming there and try to test that man, because he's going to go in there and preach what God wants him to preach, and somebody ain't going to like it, and they're going to want to straighten him out. Well, maybe God didn't call you to straighten him out. God can do his own straighten out. God don't need your help to tell him how to pastor. God can do that. You say, why? Because you're not a disciple. You're a devil is what you are. We don't have that going on here. I'm not preaching on my specific. I'd tell you, I'm not. I'm just saying. But the Lord gave me this message. Maybe he gave it for you. I don't know because you're about to go. You're going to a good church though. He's got good people. I've preached over there so I know. And I know they're good people. But you don't ever know who's going to show up. There might be somebody show up next Sunday. It might be that way. See, a devil's not peaceful. But a disciple is because the disciples received the peace that passeth all understanding. Man, there's a difference right there. That's a difference. I'll say something else. Are you a disciple or are you a devil? Well, a devil loves physical things more than they love the Lord. When you read over there in John 13 and verse 39, you read about uh, Judas. And you know what it said about him? It said he held the bag. In other words, the treasure, he held, the, and he, he held it because he wanted it. There's a difference in having a treasure, and we're not even equating that and even putting that in the same sentence. But he was the treasure of that early church, but he wasn't the right one. He was a devil, see. And one time a lady came, and, and she had an alabaster box, all these great perfumes and stuff, and she broke it, anointed the Lord's feet and all that stuff with it. He goes, huh, we could have sold that as much money as that worth, and that was worth, and give it to the poor. But the Bible says that he said that because he held the bag, he was the poor. <laughs> he wasn't talking about going down and helping somebody. He was talking about helping himself because the Lord knows his heart, see. He had a different motive, and we know that because the Scripture reveals that. Because he really wasn't a disciple, he was a devil is what he was. As a matter, and he held that bag, and he held those things. And, and what he did is he let money and, 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 and material things keep him from serving God like he should have. That's what he did. He let material things keep him from serving God like he should have. And I mean, it was a mess. When I think about him and think about that, he sold the Lord out for 30 pieces of silver. 30 pieces. Of, could you imagine that? Pulling a little change out. Said, I'll tell you what, you give me 30 pieces of silver, I'll sell him out. I'll tell you where he's at. I'll take you to him. And man, we can take him. We'll crucify him. We'll get rid of him once and for all. One of his disciples did that. You know why? Because he wasn't a disciple. He was a devil. Anybody that sells the Lord Jesus Christ out is not a disciple. You've got, to, you've got to admit to that. You don't sell him out. But you know, a lot of people sold him out for less than 30 pieces of silver. Some people sell him out. They say, well, I just couldn't get a job unless it's on Sundays. I just couldn't. You mean the God of the universe can't give you a job where you can still come to church? And say, I understand you're going to have to work some Sundays. And I understand you might get called in. And I understand people get an ox in the ditch. I think God understands that too. That's not what we're talking about. But there ought to be a day where you can come and meet with God and you don't sell out to the world over it. 
I'm not doing ball games on Sunday. You say, why? Because he's too important to me. I'm not selling out with that way. I'm not going to this or that or the lake and everything every Sunday. I'm getting in church. I'm not hunting every Sunday. I'm in church is where I'm at. You say, are you a disciple or a devil? You say, there won't be anybody here next Sunday. What's well, Memorial Day weekend? Wait till the one after that and we'll see. <laughs> Y'all pray for me. You say, why? Well, I may be looking for a job here in a minute. <laughs> you say, you're not going to need one. I'll need one because i got three daughters. Amen. Guarantee you. Let me say this morning, he sold out the Lord for physical things. What a thing. What a terrible thing. I'll say something else. I know he was a devil, not a disciple, because he stood with the wrong crowd. He stood with the wrong crowd. I read over there in John chapter 18 and verse 5. It says, when they came to take the Lord into custody, the Pharisees and all that bunch and the mob with the swords and the staves and the lanterns and I mean the torches, you know, they were coming after him in the Garden of Gethsemane. I'd take a wicked person to do that. If they said, let's go get him, we're going to cry. I said, no, I'm not going to have any part of that. <laughs> you do what you want to do, but I ain't getting involved. <laughs> Sorry. Not that one. But when they went in there, the Bible says in John 18 and verse 3, it says, and Judas also, which betrayed him, stood with them. He stood with them. He stood with those that crucified the Lord. Matter of fact, he was God unto them, the scripture says. He led the pack to go get him. That's amazing as far as I'm concerned. He didn't just stand with those that crucified him. He led them to the place to go get him and handcuff him. Whatever they did, he made sure it got done. What a terrible thing. I mean, he held the banner. Let's crucify the Lord. Whether he said it or didn't say it. You say, why? Well, he wasn't a disciple. That's one reason. See, he stood with those Pharisees. That was that religious crowd that didn't believe the Bible. He liked them. But he didn't stand with the preaching crowd. He didn't like Peter, James, and John because they were preaching and they were out winning people to Christ. He didn't like that crowd anymore. He switched crowds because he was standing with them. You say, why did he do that? Because he was a devil. That's why he did it. He wasn't a disciple. I mean, when, it gets, when everything gets going, you'll find out who's a devil and who's a disciple. I mean, he stood, he didn't stand with the church going crowd. He didn't stand with the shouting crowd. I just, they's down there, they said amen in church. <laughs> yeah, we're going to say hallelujah too. They're both in the Bible. <laughs> and glory to God and praise the Lord. Well, I, they, I was down there at that church and somebody raised their hand and he didn't even have a question. Right. We're lifting holy hands of the Lord like it says in the Old Testament and the New Testament. Craziness, ain't it? So that's people standing with the wrong crowd. We don't like anything like that. Well, you probably wouldn't like nothing. Amen. <laughs> we probably wouldn't like what you like. Mm -hmm. You probably... Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. Let me just... This has been on my mind for like a few days. I got preaching in Missouri the other night. and I, was, I guess come out of revival, so I'm a little hyped up anyway. You can tell probably. But I was preaching the night, and I said, and over there, and I said, he said, have I not chosen you 12 and one of you is a devil? And I said, I'm preaching on that Sunday morning. And I got talking about it. I said, and that's how it happens sometimes, you know. He didn't stand with the old-fashioned crowd. He was with that contemporary crowd. He didn't stand with the right crowd. He stood with the wrong crowd. Let me just say this. A disciple still stands with God's people. A disciple still stands with the book, the Word of God. That's what a disciple does. 
Man, we need to stand for what's right. He was hanging out with the wrong crowd. He stood with the wrong crowd. And I'm about done. I'll say, I'll say this too. Are you a disciple or are you a devil? I don't think you're a devil. I don't think, you're, I don't think there's a bad person in this building. I really don't. But I'm saying spiritually speaking, either you're one of the Lord's or you're one of His. If you don't know Christ as your Savior, you're not one of His. And you can change that. Let me just say, the last time you ever read about Judas, in Acts chapter 1 and verse 25, it says, and he went to his own place when he died. That place is the bottomless pit. It tells you later in the book of Revelation, which is located in hell. That's where a devil goes. It's prepared for the devil and his angels. He wasn't the devil. He was a devil. But let me say this morning, that's not where you got to go. See, hell's a real place. And it's, I mean, people want to say, well, that's not really real down there. Oh, yeah, it's real. The Lord said it's real. It's good enough for me right there. And it's a hot place. And I'm not talking about going to the beach and going to Cozumel or somewhere either. Have fun. But I mean, that's okay. But I'm just saying, that ain't what we're talking about. It's a hot place. There's fire and torments down there. It's a lonely place. There's no friends or family in that place. And it's an eternal place. You don't get out of that place. Say, so what happened? That's where devils go. I want to say this morning, he went to his own place. I'll say this. A disciple goes to heaven. Heaven's also a real place. Heaven's not a place that's hot. It's a place that's perfect. It's not a lonely place. It's a place where we have joy forevermore. And it's also an eternal place. And everybody's going to one or two. One of them. You're going to one of them. Which one are you going to? Are you a disciple or a devil? I hope I, my prayer is you're a disciple. Now sometimes us disciples can act like devils. Amen. All of us, including me. What we need to do is try to be a disciple. And know Christ is our Savior is the main thing. And then try to live for Him. Let's stand together and we'll have an invitation. I'm done.